I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Dr. Carla Ivankovic on the line, and she is the CEO over at One Patient Global Health Initiative. Carla, come to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Adam. I'm excited to be here. So, Carla, I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at uh, One Patient Global Health Initiative, but before we do that, let's get a little bit further into your background. So, how did you get started in your career? Well, it's actually really interesting and not where I started in the first place. So I grew up in central Illinois, in Springfield, Illinois, and I had a father who was bound and determined, damn bound and determined, to make sure I was whatever I wanted to be. And throughout almost my entire childhood, he really pushed me to be something in business, which was not necessarily where my heart would, would follow, but I also had tremendous amount of respect for my father. So like most people, I attempted, valiantly attempted to follow the business model that he, he required. But along that path, my mom also worked at a place there called Hope School for the Blind and People with Multiple Disabilities. And she would take us there when they would have their events, and I was always very smitten by the people with disabilities, um, the way they were treated by others, and wanted, I really, really enjoyed the, um, the diversity. So continued on, went to college, uh, got a business degree, and sat down with my dad and said, I do not want to go into business. And as horrified as he was, he said, you have to explain to me why, give me, give me all the details, because I'm going to allow you to speak your piece, and then we'll talk about it rationally. <laughs> so... As we talked about it, I just expressed to him that my interest was really in the field of psychology. I was very interested in the way people behave, why they behave the way they do, and really being able to analyze it was something that was tremendously um, exciting to me. Shortly after, my dad actually went upstairs, came back, and unrolled a very large diploma that read um, Charles Kleiber, Ph.D. And it was at that very moment in time that I found out that my father actually had a Ph.D. in psychology. But given the time, the era, it just wasn't something that uh, was a great field to go into. So my father actually went in business. He supported my decision to, to continue on. But I never forgot the importance of that business background because I knew I wanted to work for myself. <laughs> That's what I knew. For wow, me. this is amazing. Yeah. This is like uh, this is like a movie. I mean, your dad had a flair for the dramatic. He had a PhD mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, yeah. in, uh, in in psychology, and you didn't even know it. That's crazy. I, I love this story. Yeah, no, literally no idea at all. And he directed it. My dad was an amazing father to me, and mm-hmm. he allowed me to uh, follow my dreams, but define them first. And I, I really, I had profound respect for him. And so I continued on 
uh, got a, a degree in psychology, uh, a, a master's degree in human development counseling, another master's degree in uh, disability studies, finished all but the thesis of a master's in educational leadership before I fell on, okay, I'm going to do this PhD. And uh, I think there was a part of me that was not certain that I would be able to do it. And I think everyone gets to a point in their life where they get a little nervous about their choices and got into the PhD program, obviously rocked that. And so I landed at, I worked for the University of Illinois for their Springfield campus for years, directing their Office of Disability Services. And then I moved on to working for the uh, Freemasons, developing programs of assistance that are being modeled throughout the nation to help uh, those in need, those most in need. And then somewhere along the line, I got introduced to this guy who was actually um, very inspiring in terms of the work he did for others. And we really had a common goal. And that kind of is where things moved into what I do today. Wow, what an amazing story. Um, so, you know, there's some there's some younger entrepreneurs out there or even, you know, um, people just starting out in business and, you know, they didn't they didn't have the, the benefit of maybe having that dad come down with that diploma to kind of give some direction. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing story. Um, what kind of advice would you give to that, that new person that's just graduating college or maybe they're a couple years out and really going out there and uh, carving their path the way you've managed to do so? Well, I think I would hope to be able to speak to those that haven't graduated yet to recognize that you really should follow your interests and your dreams because it will make you miserable to follow someone else's. And I had the fortune of being able to speak to my father about that and expressing, I cannot do this. And best decision I made. If, if they're already there, I think we, we have a notion across the nation that when you're finished with your degree, you're done. That's what you're stuck with forever. But it's, you're only as stuck as you choose to be. So it, seek out other interests. Seek out things that you can do that just ignite a passion in you. You will not be successful if you do not have passion. So find your passion and then follow it. That's awesome. Uh, let's switch it up a bit, Carla. I want to get into what you're doing over at One Patient uh, Global Health Initiative. So first, uh, tell me a little bit more about the initiative, please. Absolutely. One Patient Global Health Initiative is a not-for-profit that is co-founded by my husband and I. And essentially, what we do is we ensure access to healthcare resources for the underserved, for people who don't have the means to be able to pay, regardless of anything, uh, as long as it's within our scope of competence. We have a two-pronged program. Number one, we have a community-based program where individuals throughout the community have access to mental health services for free and in some of the most disparate parts of Chicago. So that right there is a feat in itself. On the flip side, we also have a medical model that we never turn away someone who is unable to pay as long as it's, again, within the scope of competence. And my husband's specialty is orthopedic spine and trauma. So we have this multiple, multiple disciplinary program that we also then decided, look, there's two of us. And a model with two people is not sustainable. So we began the process of a teaching and learning program. So I created a third aspect of the program to reach out to those first responders, doctors, et cetera, 
because suicide rates are climbing in those populations. And we reached out to them and said, we have confidential services for you as well. All you have to do is contact us. And we would do it in a way that met their needs and their limited time. So then we reached out to the medical schools and we reached out to the clinical counseling schools or clinical psych schools, and we melded a program where we are able to teach others in our likeness within some of the most disparate populations that didn't have access to this care before, wouldn't have access to it without us, or would be so significantly delayed that it could become problematic. That we brought it all together and we do it on a shoestring budget and we make sure that no one is ever turned away. Wow, what an undertaking. Um, are there any kind of, I mean, you just have such a unique vantage point, obviously, with your background and what you and your husband are doing to, to pull this off. Um, it's a big undertaking. Are there any kind of trends that you care to comment on in, in, in trying to, um, really trying to reach these underserved populations that you're targeting? Well, I think the number one trend that we would have to address is that, you know, until we stop stigmatizing mental health, uh, we're going to continue to see suicide rates climb. And the two uh, populations that they're the worst in right now are the millennial population, which is frightening. They're the leaders of, of today and tomorrow. And then our senior population, those people who have guided us through our whole lives, those two are committing suicide at rates that are astronomical. That is not acceptable. So at some point, um, I would very first identify we have to stop stigmatizing everything across the board. Mm. Um, what is the um, what is is there a way that people so for example there's people listening right now um, to this they're in their car in their office and they're thinking about you know wow this is an amazing feat that you're you're pulling off over at one patient a global health initiative is are there ways for people to get involved that aren't um, in the medical field absolutely there there are plenty of ways one of the things that we do in the teen education program is we help students through what they call their clinical skills program to help sharpen their clinical skills. We oftentimes will use other students as the pretend patient, et cetera. And so we can always use volunteers for some type of administrative work that obviously doesn't in, involve HIPAA compliance, uh, no confidentiality is ever breached, but we can always use volunteers. Volunteers are what make this program work. And the reality is we touch so many people and we do that with volunteers and that's what makes it successful. Mm. And what areas do you serve um, geographically? Uh, we serve the south and the west sides of Chicago. And then I obviously we have, yeah, I obviously have a clinical practice and blog for psychology today. So that tends to bring a lot of people in um, to volunteer simply because they'll read about it and will be very interested in it from there. Can you tell us a little bit more about your blogging if somebody wants to follow and learn more about your writing? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the Psychology Today blog was kind of one of those lifelong, okay, I love to speak, I love to go out there, and I love to teach, I love to meet the masses, but there's only so much of my time. And I opted to go ahead and request and get hired to blog for Psychology Today. I blog on issues related to relationships, keeping couples together, understanding how sex is impacted by lacks of communication, by struggling in a marriage, et cetera. 
And so the blog for psychology today has been wildly successful, uh, unbeknownst to my first thought process. But <laughs> in the first month alone, I think there were over 300,000 views. So that's pretty stellar. I'm very excited about that. That's absolutely amazing, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you also. Um, so, Carla, if somebody's listening to this and they want uh, more information on One Patient Global Health Initiative or, um, or your blogging on psychology today, what's the best way for them to get those two things? Absolutely. So if you're in the Chicago area, you can certainly reach us at 312-527-6500. Or if you are in psychology today, you can certainly just Google me, Dr. Carla Ivankovich. You can reach out to any of us. Uh, my Twitter is I am Dr. Carla with a K, Dr. Carla. Twitter, Instagram, everything, Dr. Carla Ivankovic. You can reach out to me at any given time. Fantastic. Well, hey, Carla, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about the great work you're doing over at uh, One Patient Global Health Initiative. And also, congratulations on your on your views on your blog on, on the blog on uh, Psychology Today. Absolutely amazing. Not easy to do that, and especially in the first month. Um, that's absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes Store. Um, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Carla, thanks again for coming on the show. 